You're mucking up the path and my new Spanish leather shoes. Away. And you, girl, are you alive or dead? Brat opened one eye. A woman was there. A woman neither old nor young, but in between. Neither fat nor thin, but in between. An important-looking woman, with a sharp nose and a sharp glance, and a wimple starched into sharp pleats. Good, said the woman. You're not dead. No need to call the bailiff to cart you off. Now out of that heap and away. The fierce pain in her stomach made Brat bold. Please, may I have something to eat first? No beggars in this village. Away. Please, mistress, a little to eat. Those who don't work, don't eat. Brat opened her other eye to show her eagerness and energy. I will work, mistress. I am stronger and smarter than I seem. Smart enough to use the heat from the dung heap, I see. What can you do? Anything, mistress. And I don't eat much. The woman's sharp nose smelled hunger, which she could use to her own greedy purpose. Get up, then, girl. You do put me in mind of a dung beetle burrowing in that heap. Get up, beetle, and I may yet find something for you to do. So Brat, newly christened beetle, got up, and the sharp lady found some work for her to do and rewarded her with dry bread and half a mug of sour ale, which tasted so sweet to the girl that she slept in the dung heap another night, hoping for more work and more bread on the morrow. And there was more work, sweeping the lady's dirt floor and washing her linen in the stream and carrying her bundles to those cottages where a new baby was expected. For the sharp lady was a midwife. Beetle soon acquired a new name, the midwife's apprentice, and a place to sleep that smelled much better than the dung heap, though it was much less warm. Chapter 2 The Cat Beetle liked to watch the cat stretching in the sunshine, combing his belly with his tongue, chewing the burrs and stubble out from between his toes. She never dared get close, for she was afraid, but even from a distance could tell that there was a gleaming patch of white in the dusty orange of his fur, right below his chin, that one ear had a great bite taken out of it, and that his whiskers were cockeyed, going up on one side and down on the other giving him a frisky, cheerful look. Sometimes she left bits of her bread or cheese near the fence post by the river where she first saw him, but not very often, for the midwife was generous only with the work she gave Beetle and stingy with rewards, and the girl was never overfed. Once she found a nest of baby mice who had frozen in the cold, and she left them by the fence post for the cat, 
but her heart ached when she thought of the tiny hairless bodies in those strong jaws. So she buried them deep in the dung heap and left the cat to do his own hunting. The taunting, pinching village boys bedeviled the cat as they did her, but he, quicker and smarter than they, always escaped. She did not, and suffered their pinching and poking and spitting in silence, lest her resistance inspire them to greater torments. Mostly she avoided them and everyone else, hiding when she could, scurrying along hidden secret paths around the village, her head down and shoulders hunched. One sunny morning, with stolen bread in her pocket for dinner and a bit of old cheese to share with the cat, Beetle started.